You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another disappointed episode of the Assembly Call, as tonight your Indiana Hoosiers drop their fourth straight game. This one, a 74-69 to loss to the visiting Wisconsin Badgers. The loss drops Indiana to 16-9 and overall on the season, 7-8 and in Big Ten play. And a season that was once very promising as recently as just a few weeks ago uh, is now decidedly on the brink, if not teetering over the brink, uh, as another February swoon appears to be upon this program. It was a game coming in that, you know, we all thought was so important for Indiana to win, to arrest this slide and to get some positive momentum going, get another big win for the resume and just kind of get the season back on track. And now the Hoosiers are really going to be behind the eight ball. You know, it obviously doesn't mean that the season is over. There are plenty of games left, plenty of opportunities to get big wins, but it becomes harder and harder to foresee the team actually doing it as, you know, they continue to, you know, to either get blown out and lose their composure or just in a close opportunity like this with a win there to be had just unable to execute down the stretch. And we know from game after game after game after game against Wisconsin, you have to out-execute them late. They're not going to beat themselves. And tonight, Indiana beat itself. This is a game Indiana led 66-61 to at the 352 mark, and they end up losing by five as Wisconsin outscores them down the stretch by 10. We're going to talk about it all here on this edition of the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm your host, Jared Morris. I'm here with the coach, Brian Tonsoni and Andy Bottoms. And let's start the show the way that we start every show. And that is with our Hoosier proud banner moment. And, you know, the banner moment tonight, I'm going back to that moment. 3.52 to go. Trace Jackson Davis steps up, hits one free throw, puts Indiana up five with three minutes and 52 seconds to go at home in a must-win game. You have to find a way to close that game out. And Indiana doesn't do it. But we're going to spend plenty of time talking about that. This is the banner moment. And this is the time to praise Trace Jackson Davis for what was an outstanding performance. You know, Trace has not been good during this losing streak. He had had three really rough games in a row against Illinois, against Northwestern, and against Michigan State. But tonight, Trace Jackson Davis did absolutely everything he could do to try and get his team a victory when they desperately needed one. Trace finished with 30 points. He was 10 of 13 from the field. He was 10 of 14 from the free throw line. He had eight rebounds. He had a career-high six assists. He had blocked shots. And it was a really interesting tale of two halves for Trace. You know, early in the game, he was on the move. He was being used a lot as a screener, and he was getting baskets in a lot of different ways. In the second half, he was much more kind of, a you know, playing his traditional back-to-the-basket post-up role, and he succeeded in both. You know, he had the kind of energy and offensive awareness and focus that we just haven't seen from him uh, in the last few games. And he was terrific tonight, you know, and so Indiana lost for a lot of reasons, which we are going to get into. Trace was not one of them. You know, he was absolutely awesome. And in fact, you know, what I, I think what we're going to spend a lot of time thinking about today is some of the missed opportunities, you know, time in the first half and time in the second half when both race and trace were off the court, where Wisconsin made little runs each time. And this team is not good enough offensively, not consistent enough to just have two or three minutes where you don't have an anchor offensively out there. You know, would that have made the difference in a five-point loss? I don't know. But, you know, I sure know with the way that those two guys played, it would have been nice to have one of them on the court at all times. And especially tonight, you know, Trace Jackson Davis, again, for all of 
the struggles that he has had recently and a lot of the criticism that he has gotten. In a game like this, your star has to show up. And Trace did show up. The problem is other guys have to show up too. And not enough did. And down the stretch, you know, Trace wasn't able to get enough support from his point guards and from the offense and just the ability of the offense to create good shots in tough situations uh, to bring home the victory. But it wasn't for lack of effort. It wasn't for lack of focus. It wasn't for lack of skill and shot making from Trace. He was terrific tonight. One of his best games of the season. Unfortunately, uh, it came in a loss for Indiana. Our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Home Field Apparel, now in their fifth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call and their first as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. We love our friends uh, at Home Field Apparel, and as I'm sure you know by now, they have the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you will find everywhere. They have beloved logos, like two different versions of the Bison and so many others. That's what they do. They go and pull these old logos, old brand marks that colleges and universities haven't used for decades, and they bring them back. They breathe new life into them. Uh, and just make really, really cool gear. And it's not just Indiana. If you support other college teams or have people in your life who do, uh, Homefield probably has something for them as well. Their product line now extends to more than 120 different schools with unique vintage logos for all of them. I think they're releasing Illinois uh, this week. You know, And so always new schools coming out. And no matter what you buy, you know it will be comfortable and the colors will last through many washings. Plus, you're supporting an Indiana-based company that came up through Kelly. And what could be better than that? So go to homefieldapparel.com. Use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. Again, the website, homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right. Well, it is time to find the ball, move the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. Andy, we will go to you for your bottoms line first on this disappointing indiana defeat was it telling that you just said find the ball move the open man instead of move the ball find the open man i feel like that was apropos of oh did i the way things went tonight yeah um there's a lot of moments and i'm sure we'll, we'll get to them that were real turning points in the game but despite missed opportunities earlier you know iu parker stewart hits that three i use up 65 to 61 and IU would score four points in the last 10 possessions of the game. And the only field goal they made in that stretch was the, I mean, it was a great hustle play by X to get the putback on what was a terrible three point attempt from, from Trey. And then two different times when TJD split free throw attempts. Um, and, and at the same time, Wisconsin comes down, they score in seven of their last eight possessions. They scored 13 points on, on their last eight possessions. I mean, that's, you put yourself in position to win the game and all of the flaws of this team offensively kind of came, came home to roost in that stretch. And you had guys with tired legs settling for jump shots. It's not a great combination. And I thought they really, you know, they had a lot of success where they were running those cross screens for trace and trying to get him the ball on the block. And then it didn't work one time. And then it seemed like they totally went away from it. Uh, he got pushed out a little bit and missed a hook shot. And then they never really went back to it, but I mean, he was getting fouled or, uh, at least they're getting good looks uh, in those scenarios. And it was, uh, you know, I just felt like they, they gave up on that too quickly. It was, it definitely felt like the, um, you know, run it till they stop you. And and even though they stopped you once, he didn't get a terrible shot. They just pushed him out a little bit further. He had a, you know, left-handed hook. And then, you know, the, the taking the, uh, you know, if you look who took the shots, you know, X misses a jumper, Galloway misses a three, X misses a jumper, Galloway misses a three, X misses a three, Stewart misses a three, on that possession out of the timeout, and then David Johnson missed another three. I mean, and by the end, you needed three-pointers, but I just thought they really let the game get away from them 
in that stretch. And again, I, I think there were plenty of times we can point back to there was a, you know, race Thompson took a three early in the shot clock and Wisconsin comes down and nails one. There's, there's lots of those little plays where there were uh, opportunities for IU to extend leads or do things like that. But uh, for as poorly as they had played at times, they had seemed to have weathered the storm, put themselves in a position to pick up what would have been a really big win for a tournament resume at home calls didn't go with them, all that stuff, but just the same level of late game execution that we've seen no matter who the coach was over the last few years. And um, hard, hard to see this team getting up off the mat after this one, I would say. Coach, it's Tonsoni time. What's on your mind? It's just bad basketball at key moments, Um, you know, and, and it starts with the head coach. Uh, and, and what he's trying to instill in his program isn't working. It, it's simple as that. And then the players, uh, what they're being asked to do, it's simply not working. And we will have one player play well one game and, and, and someone else go three for 16. And then that person will shoot well the next game and doesn't. The, the word consistency has been used uh, all season. And when you're 16 and 9, 25 games in, and the same problems are, are there, then then there's a lot of things that are going wrong uh, in, in the basketball program right now. So um, that, you know, and when you play good competition, you can't have a first half end on a 7-2 run, I think. Uh, it was 29-25 and ended up 32-31. And in the last three and a half minutes, you're up five and you end up losing that. So uh, that comes down to player execution late uh, and it comes down to uh, coach putting them in the right positions late and, and you know yeah it, it's not good enough to come close uh w- with this team and this expectation when you can pick transfers and and do things and the expectations were really really high there's just um it's just not good right now and you know i know players are trying i know coaches are trying but it's bad basketball um, at key moments tonight. I, I thought there were there were some movement. There was some more sets run, more attempts to do some things right. But it was just bad execution uh, all, all the way around. So um, that's the and that, to me that starts at the top. All right, and making a special appearance for a late night rant by popular demand, it is Ryan Phillips. Ryan. Lots to rant about. Yeah, uh, that la- and the Indiana's last made basket came with five minutes left. And it was that Parker Stewart three, um, and that was it from the offense. And quite frankly, I mean, you can talk about you know Indiana doesn't have the players that it needs to run this offense or whatever, but you can run sets to get baskets. You can, especially when you're as experienced as, as Mike Woodson and the rest of the staff is. You can find ways to get baskets. And they just didn't find ways to get baskets. And and this collapse the last five minutes, we've seen it repeatedly this year. This is not a one-game thing. And quite frankly, and and Jared and I, we've talked about this privately, that you know if Rob Finnessy doesn't make that shot against Purdue, we're talking about how they collapsed late against Purdue. They were up a decent chunk. Purdue came all the way back and took the lead. If Rob Finnessy doesn't hit what was, frankly, a low-percentage shot to win that game, what does this team have to hang its hat on this year? I mean, a home win against Ohio State, you know, I mean, really. And and you're looking now at a situation where this team was in a really good position, led at the half against Illinois, and has now lost four games in a row and is tanking these games, is, 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 is either not competing or playing 
late and falling apart in these games. And this has happened all season long. This team cannot play a full 40 minutes. And I'm sorry to be in the middle of February and have not figured out how to get this team to play 40 minutes. I don't care if they're not your players. I don't care if they're not, you know, if, if you don't have exactly what you need, you should at least be getting a similar effort for 40 minutes. And I don't mean effort like trying. I mean, effort like being able to run things and produce points and doing things. These games are so uneven, so uneven that you could be running things great for five minutes and then completely fall apart for the next 10. That is not like this just I, like with the amount of experience that Mike Woodson has, you'd figure he he would he would at least have an answer. And you know, the other thing that drives me nuts about this game, you know what Johnny Davis does. You know what he does. And you know what Parker Stewart and Miller Cop cannot do. And yet you pair them up together. You put their best player on your worst defenders. Like, what are you thinking? How are you going to stop Wisconsin if you cannot stop their best player? And he just repeatedly beat them off the dribble all night long when it came down to the clutch and they needed to, they needed to get a basket. What'd they do? Drove him. He got continuation. That was garbage. Absolute garbage. But you knew exactly what they were going to do. Johnny Davis was going to get it and just go beat him off the dribble. We were, we were screaming it in my, in this living room. Like, I, I just don't understand what the thinking is. I don't understand the logic. I don't understand what Indiana is trying to do. I, and I don't understand how this team cannot adjust one bit. It's the same story every time they lose. They come out, they play a really good stretch of basketball, give you hope, and then collapse at the end and look absolutely terrible because they have nowhere to go with the ball because defenses are going to play down on Trace Jackson Davis. And to not have a counter for that and for your last four shots – to be three-pointers by Xavier Johnson, who was 3 of 16 tonight, Trey Galloway, who should almost never be shooting a three-pointer, and Parker Stewart throwing something up that hit the side of the backboard. And then, again, Xavier Johnson leaning in and trying to fire something up at the end. Like Those are the final four shots you're going to take in a game you have to win to reestablish yourself in the Big Ten. That is a problem. Not only I know people in the Indiana fan base love to blame the players, and blame the lack of talent and everything. Trust me, I hear about it all the time. And that there is some of that where like you don't have the guys to hit open shots and all of that, and I get that. But if those are your last four shots, I'm not blaming the players. I'm blaming the guys who put them in the position to know that you cannot take those, to not know that you cannot take those shots in those situations. I don't care how open Trey Galloway is. Your shot, when you have a chance to tie the game, should not be a Trey Galloway three. And Xavier Johnson's 3 of 16 and 1 of 6 from 3. He should not be shooting that three-pointer. You had plenty of time working around to find a better shot. By the way, when Galloway shot that three, Miller Cop was standing in the corner wide open, and he did not make the extra pass. That is not disciplined offense late in the game, and that's why you got beat. And it's why you got beat on your home floor by a guy like Brad Davison, who everybody hates. You let him go to his locker room and celebrate because you did not play smart late. Think about that and enjoy that thought enjoy that thought i don't think so um i mean well said every you know everything you said there is spot on you know this to me coach to me this loss is on the coaches um i thought the guys played their butts off today i really i really did i thought they played hard and i think you know early in the season you know as we watch some of these things play out it was reasonable to give some patience because you thought it would get better and it's getting worse and that's a it's a big concern. 
you know, uh, even with all the caveats, you know, for, you know, all the normal stuff for a coach in his first season, this should look better than it does right now with experienced guys. It should, um, you know, and, and Xavier Johnson did not play well tonight. You know, he is not, it, it's not a coincidence that he, you know, had, you know, a really good game at Maryland, Indiana played well, and he has not played well in four straight games. You know, and I want to be somewhat careful, you know, talking about Xavier. His grandpa just passed away. We don't know what he's going through. And I think those things fans should take that stuff into account. Um, but just assessing his play he hasn't been good. You know, he, he didn't shoot well tonight. At times when he got in the lane, he was kind of in between. Should I shoot it? Should I pass it? And the indecision just led to kind of nothingness. But ultimately tonight, you know, the coaches just didn't put these guys in positions to make plays that they did in the first half at times, but some of the lineup decisions, you know, playing lineups with groups that just don't have an offensive rudder. I mean, you're just giving minutes away. And then, you know, at the end, some of the shots they got. So I, I really look at this as a game where the players gave you what you needed. They played with desperation. They played with toughness. You know, yeah, there were a couple moments where, you know, you know, Parker got a little frustrated, but he came right back and then made a three. You know, the guys brought the fight tonight. The coaches didn't put him in a position to capitalize on it. And that's disappointing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I get a lot of criticism for being too pro coach, but I, I've lost some faith in, in, in what's going on in the Indiana program um, because it's it's the same things. And, and part of what I'm trying to realize is he's running his philosophy, which is heavy point guard and heavy post up. And he believes he said it after the Michigan State game, he believes in stationary uh, shooters on the outside. That's what Mike Woodson believes in. And that's what we have to get used to watching. And then you need the players in order to do that. And, and maybe with recruiting and that, uh, there's a chance that, that it'll get better. But I think we all need to realize that we're going to see a lot of post-ups as long as you have a TJD and you're going to see a point guard centric offense because that's what he ran in the NBA. And that's what he feels comfortable with. And I think he believes it can work in, in college. And right now it's not. So I would agree with you, Jared, that, uh, a little bit of stubbornness that we coaches have uh, is coming through in, in trying to get his system in. I don't think it fits these guys. I think that's a, a little bit of a disservice because you want you have the team who you have right now, and, and you have to have some sets and some ability to do uh, different things. And, and I actually thought they ran more stuff tonight, uh, to be honest. I really did. To be fair, they ran more stuff, mm-hmm. and, and that's when the players, you know, missing shots. But how many times do we see the point guard getting shots? So we just have to hope that X has a good game. If X is not having a good game, we're probably going to lose against good talent. Uh, and that's just the philosophy that he has right now. And, and I think he's going to stick with, uh, and we're going to see that at Ohio state and whether we like it or not, that that's just when you hire a coach, they're going to do what they want. And, and we, you know, can't forget that he's really improved the defense, but, um, you know, I, I said after the Northwestern game and, and the suspensions that this was a little bit deeper. And I think there's, you know, without me knowing what's going on in there, that there's there's some issues going on with the Indiana basketball uh, that that I I wonder what's going on. And, and, and because they're just not playing complete basketball and it's just it's just not fun to watch. It's not it, it's just not good. And yet. The team is close in, in some of these games, um, you know, so I, I kind of bounce back and forth, you know, a little bit, but it, it's not good. It's not good when you lose uh, four in a row. It's not lose. And really, it's not the results. I, it To me, it's how they're getting the results the, and the subs and, and some of those things that 
that need to be fair for for criticism. Yeah, Ryan, real quick. Yeah, I was going to say if this was a bunch of freshmen, you know, you'd understand the collapse is late. You'd understand not knowing how to win. You'd understand not, you know, maybe following exactly what the coach wants to do or whatever. There's a lot of veterans on this team. There's guys who have been leaders other places. There's guys who have been leaders here, and they're not executing late. I mean, that's what's that's what's the disaster to me. You know, I mean, if if this were Tamar Bates and Logan Duncan and 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 Christian Lander out there late, you think okay, they're going to screw up. They got to go through these growing pains. You got veterans who who don't know how to play late, and this far into the season, you haven't taught them how to play late, how to finish games, how to finish strong, how to you know when you have a six point lead how to put your foot on the other team's neck and go and get that extra bucket that you need to make it go from, I guess it was five, go from five to seven or five to eight. You know, they don't have that. And we, we saw that for four years under Archie Miller, they couldn't do that. And they cannot do it this year either. And that's, there's been no change there. And there's been no gradual change where it's getting a little bit better here. We're just waiting to get over the hump. It's been the same all season. And, you know, I, I just, Coach, you're right about his 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 talk about stationary shooters and, and heavy point guard play and all of that stuff. It's it's true, and it's all an NBA philosophy. And we've seen a lot of guys come from the NBA to college and be wildly unsuccessful. And you've seen it go the other way, too. College guys go to the NBA, wildly unsuccessful, because the things don't translate. And if you're Mike Woodson, you're walking back to Indiana, and you care about turning Indiana around, and I believe he does. I absolutely believe this is very important to him. You got to humble yourself and realize what I did there is not going to work here. I'm going to surround myself with people who are going to make this, who are going to teach me what I need to know because my entire career has been there. I need to know how to do things here and make it work. Mike Woodson, good motivator, supposedly a really good leader of men, good in the room with recruits, all of that. You got to show me you know how to coach the team on the floor, though, because none of that other stuff matters. Mike Davis was a great dude. Who, 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 who was great in a room with people and got his players motivated. Tom Crean, off the court, a lot of his players swear by him. There is a laundry list of great dudes who have come to college basketball and not been successful as head coaches. I'm not saying that's going to be Mike Woodson. you got to start showing me something at the end of your first season that you know what you're doing and you know that this is not the NBA and that you do not have NBA talent. You don't got Carmelo Anthony sitting out there at the end of the game to make plays for you. you got a bunch of college kids who you're going to need to to figure out a way to get them to score points in the last five minutes. And and it's been really rough so far. Uh, you need to lead them. Like yeah. You need to lead college kids. Uh, the, the trust factor not is great themselves. and, and yeah, confidence, but it started with races shot, ups, up seven. Uh, the freedom to shoot that three on the break, you know, there's time and score too. That that should have been a drive and get fouled, and you go up nine. That might have been some separation. And I love race, and but that was a, a bad decision. But that to me is a cultural thing. That you know, go shoot, and and we'll. I I just I just think that this um, that that we we need to be better. Um, this team is not devoid of talent. I don't think it's perfect. I don't think it's top twenty team talent. But boy, the way uh, games have been lost, that that last stretch was just painful uh, to to watch. Andy, do you have an update on the Tyra Bus Brad Davison relationship? I feel like the show is really missing that. Well, we haven't heard anything about them for a good fifteen minutes now, so I am concerned that we don't know exactly. Tyra, what, we're done. Where the bridesmaid dresses will be, or anything of that nature. I, it's unclear at this point. We'll uh, we'll get somebody on it. Um, you, yeah, want, you want the last word on this 
really uplifting first segment here? I, I mean, I mean, it's it's tough to know what to talk about. I, I think the the difficult part is, you know, and I see people in the chat and I, people on Twitter like, why is Miller Cop guarding Johnny Davis? Well, I'd love for somebody to tell me who did a better job on him because I thought Cop defended him pretty well at the beginning of the second half. Stewart got absolutely roasted by him by regularly. By and and Galloway struggle with him as well. So it's like we can say this is, you know, th- I'm not defending the coaching because I thought the coaching on the offensive standpoint, and I'll get to that in a second, was 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 poor. But you know, we asked some of these questions, and it's like it it, it becomes so easy to lash out and and take shots at some of the players of like, well, he shouldn't be guarding him in this scenario. He should be doing whatever. I thought Cop on a couple occasions like kept Davis from getting baskets in the in the first half. There was a sideline out-of-bounds play where Davis took the ball in. Their play was to get it back to him to cut, and Cop cut him off. There was another play in transition when he forced him to turn the ball over. Like, he did as well as anybody on him, and I'm not even saying he did a great job. Um, but I thought they were late to take Stewart off of him because he was just getting, you know, put in a blender um, over the course of time when he's doing like when that. he guarded Ivy earlier in the year. It just makes yeah. no sense. Yeah. I mean, so then we want to talk about like Xavier Johnson shouldn't be taking these shots. Like he took some bad shots. I'm not saying that he didn't, but the offense is designed in such a way that if something isn't going to trace, there's no movement. So he ends up with a ball in his hands. It gets hung out to dry. Again, mm-hmm. there are times he took quick shots, but not all 16 of those shots were quick. Sometimes it was a guy trying to bail out an offense that wasn't doing anything. So mm-hmm. people can get pissed at him and say, this guy's not playing well. And I agree with you that, you know, he deserves some grace from, his, you know, given his situation with his grandfather and, and just with how hard he's played over the course of the year. Um, unfortunately it's, you know, both Wisconsin games that really stick out in terms of some of the shooting and, and they were clearly willing to live and die with, if this guy's going to make shots and we lose, then so be it. But they were, you know, trying not to do that. So, you know, I struggle a little bit. You know, the the common thread in some of that is how can the coaches put these guys in better chances to succeed? And I said that a few games ago. It's they're not elevating the talent. They're not getting the most out of what these guys. They're not doing anything collectively to make them greater than what they seem like they are. And so we end up on here. You know, we put guys in. We got the five man bench group out there again. Now that group looks a little bit different because now Parker Stewart's on it, but. That group, even for a few minutes, was not good. And then, you, but you don't use the bench, and you basically played six guys in the second half. And Race Thompson looked like he could hardly run down the court by the end of the game. So, what do you want? You know, what do you want him to do? What do you want some of these guys to do? I, and that's to me what points it back in, in that space. Yeah, players could have made different decisions in the game. And I, you know, I singled out the Race Thompson three point shot. That's not a good shot. That's a shot you'd expect a guy who's been around as long as he has to you know, to, to, to maybe pass up and try to get a better shot. But man, I just, it, it just hard to, to watch the team seem to be, and somebody put this in the chat that the team is, instead of being greater than the sum of its parts, it's less than the sum of its parts. And it's hard. It, it, it's hard not to watch this team and see that. And then down the stretch where guys are, I think trying to make, I mean, somebody's just dying to make a play. Um, and I think that leads to some of those bad shots. And, and again, that's a mentality thing. And, you know, I, we can, we can sit here and say some of those shots didn't be taken, but there's gotta be, there's gotta be a way to get better shots than that. I mean, Woodson even said on Fisher's thing after the last play call was awful that the guys froze and it was like, yeah, when, when there was nothing open immediately, it was like, holy crap, what do we do now? And then it just ends with Parker Stewart, like hurling a shot at the basket. It just, I don't know. And that's becoming the theme for me 
the same struggles. They are now next to last in the Big Ten in offensive efficiency in conference games. Penn State surpassed them tonight. You got the second best defensive efficiency in conference play and the second worst offense. And there is not so little talent on this team that that the offense can at least be middle of the road in the Big Ten. And yet even that defense, when you really needed to get stops late, you couldn't get them. You know, and that's, I mean, so on a night like tonight, you're up five down the stretch. You got to have something working. And yeah, winning and time, it, nothing was working. Yeah. And they, and they just couldn't, they couldn't get stops. And to Wisconsin's credit, they were going to go with Johnny Davis until IU figured out a way to stop him. And they never really could. I, I don't have the answer for who IU could have put on him. Cause no, I mean, you might just out. have to double him on the catch and make someone else beat you, but do something. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got to do something. Cause I agree. I don't think Indiana has one guy that can guard him. Miller Hop no. fought his butt off and probably did about as well as anybody. But like, I don't think at the end of the day, you can just throw your hands up and be like, well, we just don't have an answer for him. The guy scored 30 points. I mean, make someone else beat you somehow. I don't know. There were just a lot of decisions tonight that to me just didn't put these guys in a position to win that their effort and their, their focus demanded. I thought the guys were focused. I just think at times I didn't know what to do because they're not sure what to do or what the plan is. So anyway, let's get out of this segment because it's a late show and there's still a lot to talk about. And I'm not sure if the music is working. So everything's just going great tonight. Uh, coming up here as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's loss to Wisconsin, I'm going to point out tonight's meaningful moments uh, that you might have missed. We'll go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. And we'll talk about other stuff. You're listening to the assembly call. Stick with us. Did you hear that? No. Okay. Good. No. Just you can just you can just hum silently. You, um, you can just you can just hum something as we come in from the, the break. It'll be fine. We got no offense. We got no music. Our pets we got no audio. <laughs> All right. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU post game show. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms, the coach Brian Tonsoni. And it was a loss so frustrating that Ryan even popped on uh, on a night when he wasn't going to. Uh, we appreciate that. So time for uh, tonight's meaningful moment that you might have missed. And guys, for the meaningful moment, actually, I want to go back to the first half. Um, coming out of the under eight minute timeout, uh, Trey Galloway, you know, made a huge splash. Now, Trey Galloway struggled in the second half. You know, I think you can question, you know, some of the shots, obviously, that he took, um, you know, the that kind of stuff. But I thought in the first half, you know, he made a big impact uh, and had basically a 6-0 run of just Trey Galloway things. You know, he, uh, Trace Jackson Davis got the ball in the high post. Trey made a, a cut that was very reminiscent of Will Sheehy uh, from the corner to the basket for the dunk. Then, you know, Trey perfectly, you know, read a pass, got the steal uh, for the breakaway dunk. And then in a half-court possession, uh, the next time down, he drives uh, into the lane, spins, finds a cutting Trace Jackson Davis for a dunk. It was a 6-0 run. It put Indiana up 26-19. to There was one play in between there, which was a good look for Parker Stewart from three, that if he makes it, it's 29-19, and Indiana's really rolling. Um, you know, And it was one of the best stretches for Indiana, and I think it was a reminder of what Trey can do, You know why there is a chance that some of those losses Indiana had earlier in the season, one or two of those might have been wins if Trey Galloway hadn't gotten hurt. Um, although the way that the game ended, you know, he obviously wasn't able to make a big enough uh, dent late. But, you know, what that stretch really 
reminds me of when you think about Indiana getting up seven there late in the first half is, you know, Wisconsin didn't play very well in the first half again. You know, I thought in a lot of ways Indiana outplayed uh, Wisconsin for large stretches of that game. But, you know, they had this stretch in the middle of the of the second or of the first half, Andy, where they played the all bench lineup. The offense did nothing. I think Wisconsin went on like a four or five point run. And then Indiana had a lead, you know, late in the first half. And they put in Stewart and Cop together, a lineup that over and over again just has not worked. And Wisconsin went on a run to get the lead at the half. And it really felt like Indiana should have been up six, six or seven points and they were down by one. And, you know, again, when you're playing Wisconsin, the margins matter because they're going to execute well. Indiana obviously is not a team that is is executing well. And so the margins matter. And so all those minutes that you're playing with lineups that 20 some games into the season, we we just we have seen them not work. You're, you're giving minutes away, you know, and so, you know, Indiana goes on this great run. They're up seven, but then they're down one at the end of the first half. And what really felt like preventable ways just because of, you know, kind of suboptimal lineup decisions and some other things that they did. Um, again, you know, is that going to make the difference in a five point game? Well, I keep asking that question. All that stuff adds up to losing by five to Wisconsin. And this is why Wisconsin always beats us because they have an identity they execute and we don't, it's been the biggest difference between the two programs for 20 years. That's why they kick our ass. So, and that, that happened in the first half and you, you can forget about it because of the execution down the stretch, but maybe Indiana's up 10 or 11 points instead of five, you know, at the under four minute timeout, if you've done the other stuff up to that point better. So, yeah, I mean, at that end of the first half stretch, uh, Wisconsin outscored IU 13 to five, I think toward the last five you know, 33 over the last, you know, 10 or so possessions and Wisconsin got seven of those points just by getting to the free throw line. Some of the fouls were silly for my you. Um, you know, Davis made a couple, you know, they made a couple of tough shots in there, but they were just giving up easy baskets. Wisconsin had a ton of free throws in the first half. Many of the fouls were unnecessary and you just gave easy points to them in a way that would allow them to, to get back in the game. And then the last two IU possessions, Trace missed a point blank layup and Galloway had a really nice yeah. move in the post, missed a point blank layup as well to end the half. So every opportunity that Wisconsin had during that key stretch, they took advantage of. They got to the free throw line. They were seven of eight during that stretch. And IU missed two bunnies um, there that, that put you down. But, you know, the other part is to, to bring this into the second half a little bit. Some of the, you know, the moments, you know, IU scored 19 points in the first nine possessions of the second half. Only didn't score once. And and Wisconsin scored their first five. But but after that, IU had settled in a little bit defensively, and and you got IU's up seven. TJD turns the ball over. I think he just dribbled it out of bounds or or something. They give up a dunk on the other end, uh, and then they call a timeout a little bit like twelve fifty five left. I think a little bit before the under twelve timeout, and they come out, and I don't know what they were. X ends up turning the ball over, but it didn't really look like there was like a set that they were running there just another one of those timeouts that you're like why why is this timeout being taken in this spot but you know just a couple you know two turnovers in a row missed opportunities to extend the lead to keep that momentum going uh and the same thing you know i just i highlighted a number of cases where that happened um during that stretch you know they talked about the race missed three then you got uh, you know wisconsin makes a three on the other end then we turn the ball over tjd does get a dunk but then you got turnover turnover 
Um, you know, and I think that was when that group was in because Lander turned the ball over, Stewart turns the ball over, X comes back and misses a jumper, Bates misses a jumper. You know, you had, you know, six or seven empty, empty possessions there in a stretch that you had the momentum and the lineup stuff just cuts your knees out from under you to keep that momentum going. And it, it it's funny because there are times where Woodson seems you know, he talks about, well, I'm going to ride these guys till their tongues fall off or whatever is something he said before. And then it's like in that stretch, you were playing well. If there was a time to stick with what who you had, that was the time. And then you you go to those guys and, and they struggled and they struggled in the first half. And and it just it just it, it is is baffling to me that you see the results that that group provides in the first half. And then you go back to it thinking you can steal minutes with it in the second half. And yeah, maybe you didn't lose a ton of points off the lead, but you certainly, but you missed an opportunity to extend the lead. And just, it's just little stuff like that. Just every moment when it felt like IU had a chance to really like drop the hammer on them, they just let them off the hook. And, and uh, to piggyback on that, what what you want as a coach is that the game of basketball is a game of runs. So, so you're going to score some, get some runs. You're going to give up some runs. But you look for moments where you can get a two- or three-point edge and get a little separation so when that other team makes a run, it's not a tie ball game. It might be four or five points. Indiana had three different seven-point leads, which were followed by bad segments of execution. That's where a game like this is lost. When we get over the the pain of losing 4-0 and and you really look at it, 26-19, you mentioned that the last – 533 of the first half, and it's 32-31. That was a chance to get a little bit of separation or keep a four- or five-point lead. Then you traded baskets. Like the defense were unable to stop Wisconsin, and we were efficient offensively uh, to start the second half. And then it went to 50-43 at the timeout you mentioned, and we lost a chance to get eight, nine, ten, so we could withstand a run and get it down to one or two possession, four- or five-point game. That's easier to manage. So those are games within the game that we look at uh, as coaches. Like If you can snag a possession there, not go four empty possessions when you have a seven-point lead, just one or two might make a difference, especially in a game down the stretch where it was a, a one-possession game until you had to foul late. And then the last one was 54-47 with 10.55 to go uh, when, when Race took that shot. And then that was, um, you know, that was followed up um, – by TJD going out uh, at, at 9.03. And then next thing you know, it's it's 54-53, I think, at, at one point, a 6-0 run. Someone texted us in there. So there were three key moments where you stretch it just a little bit, then you can withstand some of the runs. We didn't have a big enough cushion at those times to withstand Wisconsin's run, and they hung around, hung around, hung around, and then they, they executed better from the coaching box, and they executed better from – uh, on the court in the last three minutes of each half uh, to, to pull out the victory. But that that's the technical aspect of what happened tonight. Uh, and, and then you've got to look at what can the players do better, what can the coaches do better to try to avoid that going forward. Ryan, any meaningful moments for you that we haven't discussed yet? I mean, you know, nobody's mentioned that, that review at the end um, that yeah. Brad Davison basically convinced the officials to look at it and – I'm not sure they can overturn that by rule, uh, quite frankly. I think you can judge who the ball went out after, but I don't think you can turn overturn whether or not it went out of bounds. Uh, now, now, look, they made the right call because clearly yeah. they made the wrong call on the floor, so it's one of those things where you can't really be that upset about it. But 
I'm not sure they can do that and just give the ball to the other team because it never went out of bounds. Maybe I'm wrong and maybe that's new, but also Brad Davison was working the officials more than Indiana's bench was. And that's a problem too. The the and review that was going on all night. The review probably there's a technicality. If the ball hits the end line, it might be review of the player's foot. I I mean that that's that technicality. That's a yeah. really ridiculous stuff of what's reviewable and what's not reviewable. Right. One and would hope it, that they would only overturn that call in a tight game on stuff that was they would know what is reviewable and what's not, or someone at the scorer's bench can can relay that. Because if that's, that's the kind fair, of mistake, that that's huge. But what they went to the monitors to review was whose hand it went off of not the line. And they said that on the broadcast and, and maybe they're wrong, but you know, again, it's just one of those things where, and that did change momentum. It was clear, like Indiana's guys shrugged their shoulders and then Wisconsin came down and scored a bunch of baskets in a row. Not again, you've got to be able to withstand that. You've got to be able to withstand that. You know, you've got to be able to weather adversity. And, and quite frankly, this team is not built to weather adversity, especially late in games. You see them weather adversity in the first half a lot. But late in games, for some reason, this team is not. And I don't know if it's maybe they're maybe they're playing well, too much and they're tired no, I, and they don't make I, smart decisions. I mean, I actually think Coach Woodson seems to have a pretty good idea about it. Um, you know, let me read this quote. So this is Zach Osterman tweeted this out, really telling quote. And he said, they're kind of looking over their shoulders again in past years, how things have happened to, happened to them coming down the stretch. I've got to help them get over that somehow. And I mean, yeah, yeah that's do. true. But I think I think that's the issue. You know, you have a lot of guys that, you know, coach, to use your term from earlier, have played bad basketball and have struggled down the stretch. Um, you know, and all the transfers that we brought in, do any of them have any NCAA tournament experience? You know, so we have players and a coach that have never made an NCAA tournament and never won games in college, trying to lead each other to figure this out. And at times it looks like the blind leading the blind out there because these guys haven't won and haven't done it. And that's what it feels like. And Wisconsin is a team that goes to the tournament every year, wins 12, 13, 14, 15 Big Ten games every year. And that's what it looked like over the final four minutes today is one team that knows how to win, another one that doesn't. And, you know, our guys, for as as hard as they play and as much as they're trying, they just can't figure it out, you know, in these games against, you know, against decent teams. And then the pressure starts to build and it starts to, you know, to weigh on you. And... Whatever's I, I, happening I, I, with the new staff isn't yeah, pulling them out of it. I I, I get that, but it, it's hard to it's. I know people are right. The players got to hit shots, and there were some open shots. And every game there are open shots that are missed. But Greg Gard put everyone in the lane the last three or four minutes because <clears throat> IU was going to TJD, and there was no call other than still tried to feed it to TJD. There was a little yeah. bit of a movement where they do the rub screen that Coach Adranya talks about all the time, and they rub that off the off the post, and then they stand. And, and the defense was set. They knew when TJD dribbled, they were going to d- double off the dribble, not off the catch. <clears throat> and then they decided who they were doubling off, and they left X and Trey Galloway open. They never left the shooter. Um, that's good defense on Wisconsin's part. So now – we're upset that X missed shots and Galloway missed shots and the shot clock drove down, but there it's, it's structural problems. Uh, mm-hmm. at, at some point you might have to do something different. Yes. You want to go to trace that that's a good decision to go to trace. But when you go to trace and the defense is set, then you might have to have a, a counter adjustment. It's a game of X's and O's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Indiana ran, ran the same thing. I think, or a, a variety of the same thing 
over and over and over again, those last three minutes. And, and, and obviously it didn't work out. And, and that's where, that's where you have to question, do you have, do you have a set? Do you have something else? And, and the, the good thing is he did put two shooters in, in 19 seconds. He took Galloway out and put Miller and, and, and Parker in at the end, which was good because you needed to hit a shot. So it's not like everyone's, they're not trying to do the right things. It's just not working, uh, what they're doing. And then at what point do you decide to do something different to get a win? And, and, and it's players and coaches. Yeah. Well, let's talk numbers and Andy and uh, numbers, as always, uh, here brought to us uh, by our friends at the Power Rank, uh, where Ed Fang uses data and analytics to make accurate football and college basketball predictions. He writes an incredible March Madness guide every year. Uh, We're going to have a special offer for you on that once March rolls around. Fortunately, that's not contingent on Indiana making it, I guess, because that's certainly looking a little bit less likely after tonight. Uh, Still, you know, plenty of hope. There's plenty of opportunity for the Hoosiers to do it. Uh, but losing tonight certainly makes it seem less likely. Uh, but if you want sports betting advice with a PhD edge, or if you just like understanding sports at a more analytical level, definitely subscribe to Ed's free newsletter. Go to thepowerrank.com slash AC to subscribe. That's thepowerrank.com slash AC. Um, you know, Andy, lots of numbers. I think, you know, you can look at Indiana 5 of 18 from downtown. You know, that's obviously not a percentage that's going to get the job done. Uh, you know, Wisconsin at the free throw line, you know, they make 22 free throws. We shoot 18 hard to beat teams that do that. But, you know, the one for me that really stands out is, you know, Indiana only gets 10 points off the bench. And, you know, when you're going to win a big home game, you know, against a, you know, a good team, you know, where you're kind of playing desperate, a lot of times you, you get big lifts from guys off your bench. You know, a Jordan Geronimo comes in and gives you big energy. You know, a Tamar Bates comes in. You know, they were calling him instant offense, you know, on the broadcast. Uh, and I think Tamar can be that guy. You know, he's only done it once, you know, really over the past, you know, month or so. Um, you know, he doesn't give Indiana any points. You know, Parker Stewart was able to deliver eight points, and that was good. Christian Lander had two on a nice little layup, but that was it. Um, you know, and I think in a game like this, you needed more from your bench. You needed more of a lift from those guys. And Jordan Geronimo continues to just look lost out there. You know, the guy that we saw, you know, in November and December, he's really gone. He just looks frustrated, looks lost, um, doesn't look like the same guy. And, you know, tomorrow got some good looks, just wasn't, you know, wasn't able to make them and didn't, you know, didn't quite feel like he was in the same flow that he got in, in the Michigan state game. So those are the ones that, that really jump out to me. It just feels like a missed opportunity, you know, for those guys off the bench to to come in and make an impact. They just weren't able to to get it done outside of Parker tonight. Yeah, I mean that one that would stand out to me a little bit. I, I think I I go back a little bit to the the free throws and the you know three point shooting for as as poor as IU shot it, you know five of eighteen. It's a little bit better than what Wisconsin was at, at four of sixteen. Outscored them from. Uh, beyond the arc, but you know, got outscored by eight points in the free throw line. Davison and and uh, Davis were a combined twenty out of twenty four from the free throw line. So those two guys alone made more than IU attempted, and and really outside of Trace, there was only four uh, for for IU. And uh, yeah, just in, in a game where you don't shoot it well, that's a way to make up some points. And that was really, as we go back to that stretch at the end of the first half, what allowed Wisconsin to you know, to hang around in, in those scenarios, uh, the shooting just, just rough. And, and offensively, I think IU ended up 
at, by the end of the game, they dipped below a point per possession again, uh, even though the second half was a bit better uh, than the first. But um, yeah, just none of those kind of hidden hidden places that you can get points at times is really uh, something that IU was able to do. They only get seven second chance points, you know, two point ten points on the bench. They really weren't fast. You know, got outscored on fast break points five to three in a game that you know Wisconsin is not usually going to let you get runouts and stuff like that, but. Um, you know, just some of those like hidden areas where maybe you can make up some points that might make the difference in this. Just those were not areas that IU was able to establish any kind of edge over the course of the game. Coach, any numbers? <laughs> no. <laughs> that laugh, right? There. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that you know, it's really this wasn't a game about you numbers. Know, I, I you know, I feel for X because X, I think, has really had a good season, but he really he struggled has. tonight. Three of 16 with five turnovers. Um, you know, that, that's a number you got to look at. Um, 41% shooting. Again, there, there's a lot of people in the chat, and they're right. You know, shooters, players got to make shots, um, and, and coaches can't make shots for that. But, you know, um, we, we've heard a lot about giving players confidence and making this team's going to be a better shooting. It's just not. Uh, and and I, do, I do agree uh, that, you know, you need to have some ability to make some shots, and maybe we just don't have that. But – Another number is just Miller Cop only getting two field goals uh, attempts. It's just a continuous thing um, that that he doesn't get shot attempts. Um, he and Stewart combined for seven. Um, it, you know, th- those are – and you look, the guys running the point are getting 16 and eight. And that, I think that those stats just, again, show that we've got to get used to the philosophy. We need the guys that are going to be playing point guard. We need them to have good – good games and that's that's gonna those stats show that to me that it's just a system um and and when the system doesn't work the point guards don't score uh and your three uh, the the few shots your three-point shooters get don't go in then you're you know credit the defense for keeping them in a one possession game and that's the positive of woody is that they're really playing pretty solid defense uh and so that's that's you know those are the numbers I mean, the only other thing, my blood Ryan, pressure. you know, the only other thing to me, Ryan, that jumps out and it just underscores a point that we made earlier is the two best players on Indiana's roster in terms of plus minus were race and trace. Indiana was better when they were on the court and there was five minutes tonight where we had both of them off the court. I don't see any reason why in a game this important, you play any minutes without one of those two I guys agree. on the court. 100%. I do not understand. 100%. You can mix and match. Agree. We've we demanded them to do all year. And, and, and by the way, we t- I talked about this two months ago, that they were running the starters out there way too much. And you need to, two, two reasons. One, they'll wear down late in the season. And late in games, we're seeing them not play well or play smart, as, you, as, as Andy said. Race played 31 minutes. He was dead at the end of the game. Um, you wear them down. And two, you play the other guys, you build your bench up. We're still late in the season where Durr got six minutes, Lander only got six minutes, Bates only got 12 minutes. Like you're not seeing bench distribution of, of, of play at all. Geronimo got seven. As you said, guy who looked really important early in the season, he's got nothing. He offers nothing. And, you know, you lay the groundwork for that in November and December so that in January, in February, those guys can come in when maybe somebody's in foul trouble or something and provide minutes. And you feel confident in that because you've seen what they can do. 
Mike Woodson didn't do that. And again, it's an NBA thing. It's you, you don't, you leave your stars in the game as long as possible in the NBA. And that's, well, but, that's but that's not necessarily true. Those guys played more. I mean, Wisconsin tonight, Davis played 38, Hepburn played Fine. 37, Davison played 36. I, and you, you know, know and, and Geronimo only played seven early in the season. He was playing more. He was just he looked more engaged in what was going on. He Agreed. just looked so no, out of sync fine. right I'm, now. No, what I'm saying is you you mentioned not getting anything off your bench though, and yeah, they didn't. They, you yeah. know, uh, Parker Stewart off the bench played 21. Well, he's basically a starter, um, and has been all year. But what I'm saying is that you're not going to get contributions from those guys in a short amount of minutes in a game like this unless they've done it before. And and frankly, they didn't do it in preseason because you were running your starters out there for. 30 minutes a game. And, and again, that's something hopefully Mike Woodson learns moving forward is that, Hey, you've got to spend that non-conference stretch building up your guys across the bench. That's why you tighten your rotation in the, you know, in, in, when you get to big 10 play, because you have been playing more people than you probably should just to get guys out there, get them experience, have a game where Tamar can score 18 or something like that against Marshall or whoever. You know, you've got to have that so those guys have it in their back pocket as they get. And it also develops guys. Guys don't develop if they don't play. You can talk about wanting the best out of, you, you know, practice and, and, and getting better in practice and all of that. You do not get demonstrably better unless you do it in games. And so expecting anything different out of the bench now than you got two months ago without them playing a whole lot, playing a whole lot more is foolish. You're not going to get huge contributions from this bench because it wasn't developed early in the season. All right, let's keep this show rolling here. Coming up on the assembly call, we're going to hand out our game balls and Hoosier Hustle Award. And then I think we've got a couple of really key lingering questions that we need to discuss uh, here before we wrap up. That's next on the assembly call. Stick with us. Okay. We have no music, uh, but you are listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. And make sure that you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 9,000 of your fellow IU fans have subscribed. Uh, join for free today at join.assemblycall.com. That's join.assemblycall.com. Uh, I'm Jared Morris. Andy's here. Coach is here. Ryan is here. I think the game ball is a formality. Trace Jackson Davis is, I mean, if, about as unanimous of a game ball winner as you can get. So what I think is a little bit more interesting to discuss coach is, you know, we've, we've given a lot of criticism to the staff and I think with good reason for what happened in the second half, I do think, you know, what I saw in the first half with how they use trace, you know, that seems to me like a template that is going to work more nights than not, you know, where he's on the move, he's catching the ball in different spots. It's not just straight posting up. Now, in the second half, they went to more straight posting up, and tonight, Trace actually succeeded with it for a time. Part of that is because Wisconsin, Wisconsin's post-defense isn't great. You know, I think they were ninth or 10th in the conference in a two-point field goal percentage you know, defense coming in. So it wasn't Kofi Coburn you know, that he was going up against, and frankly, Trace was just locked in tonight. Um, but we saw it bogged down there late, and it looked a little bit more familiar. And the offense was just stagnant but what they did in the first half you know using him as a screener using him as a role guy um you know all that stuff even letting him catch it in the high post and then you have a cutter come from the corner that's the kind of stuff we've been asking to see and when they did that the offense looked really good 
you know, so I think we all would have liked to see that more in the second half. But if there's any, you know, anything, you know, a positive nugget you can take from this is hopefully they see, you know, how well that worked. And we start to see a little bit more of that, you know, Wisconsin, they're great at making adjustments. This is the second straight game where the first half has been totally different than the second half because, you know, they've kind of changed the way that they're playing. Um, but I was I was intrigued to see that in the first half, because that to me, especially when Trace brings the energy and awareness he had tonight, that seems like a role he can excel in more consistently than this role where it's just Trace on the block and you better have the right defender and he kind of better be locked in or you're in for a long night. Because I think you get him more energetic when he's moving around and doing some of the stuff they did in the first half. Uh, Trace had a better job of getting angles and then creating angles after he caught and taking it to the backboard instead of just flinging a, a crazy hook shot. So, you know, yeah, he had a he had a really good game. I was really impressed with 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 him. But you, I think you're exactly right. Like the first half, I was writing down set after set after set, you know, 420 back diagonal for cop uh, in, in, into the post. The second side attack uh, from Galloway at the 533 mark. And that was <laughs> um a race cut from the baseline on a post move. Uh, Galloway got one. Um, there, there was a lot of uh, a lot more movement. I would still want to see even more. Uh, but we've seen it. We've seen it game planned, and then as the game goes on, it's not gone back to. Uh, I, I think that's pretty much fact. I think we saw that in the last five minutes. Uh, what what is the comfort uh, in calling? Uh, in late first half and late second half is going back to the to the middle ball screen and going back to the straight post up uh, at late in games they go away from what they structured uh, a, a little bit coming into the game and I think that would be something that 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 I would take a look at if I were on the, on the coaching staff to continue to do some of the stuff that we've seen in a, in a couple games I thought the Maryland game you saw some action early you know I, I didn't get a chance to see the Michigan State game. Um, but you you do see a little bit more of that, so that's progress uh, in, in this dark night. Um, but um, the 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 straight post up is, is NBA stuff, and and a lot of co- a lot of teams when they post up do have stationary players. It's not abnormal in the college game. It's just we use it an awful lot, um, and, and we don't we don't get away from it when maybe we need to. Um, but you watch college basketball; they throw it in the post. People stand on, on opposite side. That's just spacing, and it's a big part of basketball right now. So Archie does—I mean Archie. How about that? Oh boy, Woody. Woody doesn't do anything that other coaches don't do. I just think that the the variety of actions. I thought about that coming into the show tonight. The variety of actions is, is not enough in order for us to consistently win. Boy, Andy? shots fired! Shots fired on that one. That <laughs> <Yeah>. was <laughs> Freudian. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I go back a little bit to what I I talked about at the, at the at some point earlier. You know, they they kept running that same action to where they'd get Stewart the ball on the wing, and he would feed TJD after a cross screen, and then it didn't work one time because Trace got pushed out a little bit further. I thought Coach Adrani did a good job showing some of the plays in the Michigan State game of yeah, kind of the difference of when Trace gets pushed out a little bit further, even a step off where he wants to get the ball that he struggles to finish. And that was, you know, he struggled to finish on that one play. And then as soon as that happened, it was, they went right back to, you know, ball screen and some of the stuff they tried to run uh, in the first half. And and it was kind of the same thing. Like they got a lob to work a couple times, but then X made a turnover on one where it was just trying to, you know, go back to the well one too many times and, and some of those kinds of things. And I, you know, I agree. I think there was a more concerted effort in the first half to get him the ball on the move. But when push came to shove, 
they run the same play to get him the ball that was relatively effective for a few spots in a row. Wisconsin makes adjustments and basically packs everybody in the lane and dares somebody else to make a shot. And there's another adjustment for IU to make at that point. And they just they just weren't able to make it. I think that's what you look at, and that's where you you, you look at some of the coaching, you know, components of it and being able to 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 make some of those things within the game. I just thought whenever IU had something rolling, Wisconsin had a counter to it, and IU it took them a while to figure out how to how to respond to the Wisconsin counter. And at the end of the game, you didn't have time uh, to take to respond to the Wisconsin counter. And um just never had anything. And some of that does boil down to shooting and, and guys there. And I know that it, I saw some of the quotes from Trace after the game that said, you know, they were doubling him. He would make that pass to X at the top of the key 10 out of 10 times. And, you know, to a certain extent, I'm not sure what else you would say as a teammate. I, I think he does, you know, trust Xavier and and he's made uh, important shots in other games during the season. He, you know, was a huge reason. I, you know, some of his early contributions in that Purdue game get overshadowed by how well Rob played. Like, Mm-hmm. You know, you can't turn your back on that guy and say this this guy's terrible. He can't play. We need to go find somebody else to to do whatever. It, you know, but it just it it just felt like too late to get the right guys on the floor to be able to be in position to make some of those those passes. And there were even times when they would rotate the ball out to Galloway. There was one that I think the one that he took, and it's like if you swatch switch places with him and Parker Stewart, and you've got Parker Stewart stepping into that shot, it's just deployment of some of these guys that. It's like that's a shot that Stewart can make, had made earlier in the game, and had done some of those things. It's just Galloway can't be the guy in that position that's going to end up receiving the ball. And they eventually made the change where you had Cop and Stewart out there, uh, which we know from a defensive standpoint is an issue, but at least from an offensive standpoint is there. And so I forget it was I, it was one of the threes that that Trey took. I don't know if it was the one that X actually got on the putback or if it was the other one that he missed late, but there was one that it's like, man, if that is one of a couple other players getting that shot, you'd be like, that's fantastic. And again, it goes back to so much what we talked about the last couple of seasons is you need shooters, you need guys who can make shots, and yeah, we can put some of that on the coaches. Um, but there's also an element of you got to have guys who can make some of these open shots that they got in that uh, those situations. Yeah, and I'll also on that point, you know, you need shooters to be comfortable in the offense to make shots. Also, you know, I think that's you know that's part of the thing. Like Miller Cop is a shooter, Parker Stewart is a shooter. You know, Xavier Johnson. He's not a great shooter, but he has been good in catch and shoot opportunities. Like I actually thought that that shot he got late when Trace kicked it out to him, you know, wasn't terrible. Um, you know, but one of the things that we've seen, you know, Coach, you kind of talked about it. You know, there's been a lot of talk about getting guys more comfortable shooting, and some guys have been. Like Parker Stewart has shot well. Race Thompson shooting has improved. Some of that stuff. But what I feel like we're seeing here late in the season is what we saw a lot the last four years, where it's like good shooters are missing shots because. You know, they don't know when the shots are coming. They're not comfortable in the offense. They're maybe rushing when they don't need to rush or they're, you know, passing up shots that they should take because things are just disjointed. You know, offense, there needs to be a rhythm. Um, and if you're a shooter, it's kind of nice to kind of anticipate when the shots are going to come, what spots they're going to come from. And it doesn't feel like there's any of that right now, especially with the guys on the wing, you know, because so much is predicated just on what the point guard is doing, what the center is doing. Um, you know, and so I think that's some of it. It's not... And I, I don't think it's ever just as easy as shooters have to make shots. Yeah, well, your offense has to get shooters in rhythm to make shots also. Um, and I think that's part of what we're seeing. So it, it all it all feeds on each other. You know, it's it, it's not I don't think any of the things are that simple. Um, 
Ryan, let's go to the Hoosier Hustle Award. Uh, the Hoosier Hustle Award, sponsored by our friends at Evansville Security Services, based in the hometown of IU legend Calvert Cheney. Evansville Security Services provides off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals throughout Indiana. Remember, prevention cannot be measured, so let Evansville Security Services help you prevent a bad outcome today. Go to EvansvilleSecurityServices.com to learn more. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. Uh, I am giving my Hoosier Hustle Award to, uh, to Miller Cop. Uh, I thought Miller Cop played exceptionally hard defense on Johnny Davis. He wasn't always effective on him. Um, you know, and I, I tweeted out, you know, I think Johnny Davis started out six of seven from the field and he was making tough shots. Yeah, he was. Like, there, for yeah. a while there, he was kind of reminding me of Jay Edwards, actually. He's <laughs> making turnaround jumpers and just, I mean, just kind of breathtaking shot making. Um, you know, and as a lot of people said, hey, Miller Cobb's playing good defense on him. He's just making him make tough shots. And that was true. But my point when I said that was what we're doing isn't sustainable. If our goal to stop Johnny Davis late in the game is, you know, one on one with Miller Cop, Parker Stewart, that's not going to work. And that proved true. You know, that you look at this game, you know, Trace Jackson Davis and Johnny Davis both score 30 points. Right. But when it was winning time, Trace wasn't getting looks and Johnny Davis was getting anything he wanted. Yep. Something is wrong there. So, you know, maybe just like Wisconsin took Trace away and made Trey take shots and made other guys take shots, maybe you sell out to stop Johnny Davis and make someone else shoot it. You know, make Miller Cop the primary defender, that's fine. Because again, I thought Miller Cop played really hard. And what impressed me about Miller Cop is he played really hard on defense without getting any reward on offense. You know, and yet and 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 Johnny Davis hit some shots on him, you know, that probably make, you know, whatever the defensive numbers would be for Miller Cop, you know, not what they wanted, you know, not what you would want because those were tough shots. So I want to give Miller Cop credit because I thought he played really hard defensively, but I'm also just dismayed that we didn't have more answers for one of the Big Ten's best scorers than our worst defender. The Gar- guy you should be running your whole game plan to like do something with or, or make it make it tough. Yeah. Like kudos to Miller Cop for making the best of it. But you kind of hung those guys out to dry a little bit. It's not what they do. You know, <laughs> they're not getting shots on the other end to compensate for it. Yeah. I, you know, there, there were some issues defensively tonight that to me were almost as egregious as what we did offensively. Of course. So anyway, Miller Cop for Hoosier Hustle. Who do you have for Hoosier Hustle? Uh, the guy, the camera guy for ESPN who kept getting tire bus. I mean, that guy worked <laughs> overtime. Seriously, buddy. You earned your paycheck tonight finding tire bus in the stands constantly. I was watching with the sound off and it was, it was just insufferable. Um, ESPN well, I mean, loves to make the game like the, you know, the afterthought. And what's funny is crap. what's funny is they had like Billis doing like Billis is maybe the best analyst in all of sports in all of college sports doing the game. And they just were making it about everything else. So uh, I don't know. Billis did at times seem to be taken aback by the physicality of Big Ten game, which made me did. question how many Big Ten games he watches with regularity. Because he, I was co- like, he covers a lot of ACC. And understood, so- understood. <laughs> but I was just like, yeah, he seemed like he had been dropped onto a different planet. And I'm thinking, this is every friggin' game, buddy. Just uh, yeah, yeah. welcome to the league. I, I love Billis for calling out the officials constantly too. He's that that wasn't a foul. Like every time I love it. Uh and he he by the way loves Assembly Hall. It's one of his favorite venues to do games, he's told me. So kudos. There's there's a thumbs up for Jay Billis on the night. Um my Uger hustle, I agree with everything he said about cop. Uh uh Jared, I thought he played really hard. Um, and I think that that's a guy who through his actions 
is clearly a leader on this team. And I don't think he gets rewarded for his leadership. I mean, you know, last game he only played 12 minutes, you know, when the guy who got suspended uh, played 27 or something like that. You know, the, the similar guy on the roster who got suspended played 27. Um, but I'm going to go with, with Ray Thompson. I thought he had another game where he just, you know, his effort just, just it's everything to this team. And, and, you know, he was the only player with a positive plus minus with plus five on the night. And he played 31 minutes. Uh, and I just thought that, you know, he was doing everything. He took that boneheaded three-pointer. Other than that, I have no complaints about anything Ray Thompson did tonight. Andy? Uh, I, I was going to go with Ray, so I'll stick with that. I think your argument for Cap is good, and I, I, I did talk about him earlier. I, I thought he did as well as he could possibly be expected to do uh, against uh, against Davis. And But, but yeah, I thought, I thought Ray's... Again, you, you set that one aside. He did hit a big three early in the second half uh, that really, you know, gave IU a little bit of a jolt there and and made some hustle plays as he um, is wont to do. So I'll uh, I'll I'll give it to race thirteen and eight. I believe is what he ended up with. So, mm-hmm. coach, I I just am continuously uh, impressed with how hard Trey Galloway plays. Um, I, I know we want him to shoot better. He was one of three from three, 33%. That's probably what we're going to get. But but he does a lot of things. His cuts on offense, uh, the, the one dribble handoff he blew up when Davidson was going to go there, and he just kind of beat Davidson there and beat him up a little bit. Um, th- there was a, a key rebound he got right before that early in the second half where he tipped it and tipped it and went and pursued it. Um, I, I think those are Indiana basketball plays, uh, and I think that's part of what everyone in the in the chat and, and everyone we're missing right now is, is Indiana shooters uh, and a collective group of Indiana kids who will just uh, knock you down and, and win games by doing the little things at key moments, uh, and we're missing that. So I don't have any problem with Race Thompson. Uh, he's obviously going to get it, but I, I just think that um, – Galloway maximizes his ability. Uh, you can't win with five Trey Galloways, I don't think, but uh, you sure like the one that you have on on your squad. Yep, and as we've talked about, his shooting is the biggest swing skill in the program, I think, for the next two years because Trey Galloway is going to play a lot of minutes. And I think this program is, to a certain extent, going to take on his his personality and, and has a little bit. I mean, this is a team that fights and they don't back down from physical play You know, when they're tough. You know, they got to learn to keep their composure a little bit better when some of that stuff happens. But you can just kind of see a little bit of an attitude, you know, when Trey Galloway is is out there. And if he can be a more consistent scorer and shooter, it's going to be really important for this program because you're going to want him to play as much as possible. You know, and he's going to need to be a guy who's out there at the end of games that can make that shot that he took tonight. And maybe in two years, you know, he is able to make that shot. Um, Unfortunately, tonight he wasn't. Um. Is it worth talking bracketology? I don't even know if anybody wants to hear. Maybe they do. Like, I mean, where is Indiana? Give us the reality check. You know, we've lost four in a row. I'm guessing it's not as bad as most of us fear, but it's getting extremely tenuous would be how I would guess that it is. You guys are the experts. We're just staring each other down, deciding who's going to talk first. I'll go, I'll go ahead and go. Um, yeah, it's not not, not great. Um <laughs> I mean, I had him as a 10 um, on on mine that came out this morning. I think they'd probably be in that 11. I, I think they're very firmly in the potential last four in type category right now. Um, 
Which has produced two Final Four teams, VCU because, and UCLA. So it's a good spot to be in. Yeah, right. Yeah, this team. This we all team need is, more Jared in us. This team. <laughs> yeah. Life would be when better. Things are up there, yeah, when things are there. Yeah. Absolute worse, and you yeah. still find something positive. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. Um, <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I think the challenge is that, you know, they continue to, you know, at a certain point, the no bad losses only gets you so far. And, and I think we can argue that some of the losses are are bad, even though they don't fall in quad three or quad four, the non-conference strength of schedule is a, is, a, is an albatross, if you will, that is going to weigh this team down. And, and they, they did win those couple of road games, but if they don't find, I mean, quite honestly, if they don't win the road games, they're not going to win many, you know, and just don't win many games period. It's not going to matter whether they win on the road or away, you know, or, or at home, but you know, only having two road wins, um, you really have, Two, well, I guess you got three wins against the field if you if you count in Notre Dame. You just there are a number of teams who are around them in on on most people's seed list and around the cut line that are actually winning games. Um, and I know that the last you know X number of games don't matter any more than than the others do. Um, but the losses are starting to mount, and the fact that half of this team's wins fall in quad four becomes more impactful the more games that you lose it's easy to look over some of those things when you're you know when you only got five losses but that's no longer the case the truth of the matter rutgers resume is better than indiana's if if you really want to be honest i haven't necessarily looked at it but rutgers has to play illinois and some other teams too that are good and can lose two or three Uh, but rutgers has six i think six quad one wins indiana has two um and and Rutgers has beaten almost everyone in the top half of the Big Ten. Now they have some bad losses. Indiana is going to probably be in our first four, our last four in or first four out coming Friday um, with two opportunities. You got at Purdue and at Ohio State to get quad one wins, but at, at two and two and six right now, two and five, where's um, that? They're two and six in quad one and two and three is not good either. So you're four and nine, which means out of 13 games against your best competition, you've won four. Uh, and, and one of those is not in the tournament. That that combined with the strength of schedule in the 300s is usually a ticket out. Um, so you got to get a, at least one more quad one win. Uh, beating Rutgers at home is going to be difficult anyway, but Rutgers, Maryland, and Minnesota on the road – probably is still not going to maybe cut it um, if you don't get Ohio State or Purdue on on the road. Well, that is what is coming up for Indiana, a game on Monday against Ohio State. I mean, I guess, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's good or bad. They've got this long stretch. I suppose it's probably good because this team needs to go back to the drawing board, you know, after four losses, and they got to refine themselves. Um, you know, and hopefully there's – you know, I don't know, you know, you see losing streaks like this and teams struggling at the end, you know, suspensions mixed in the middle. You start to worry about something just being irreparably broken internally. Uh, certainly hope not, you know, and, and and this team has a week now to work on things and they've got opportunities. You know, there's still five regular season games in the Big Ten tournament. So it feels pretty hopeless right now. And I think in a lot of ways it is. Well, it's not, it's not hopeless, but it is. Things are, are not good as we all know but there are still opportunities there and this team is capable of taking advantage of them theoretically 
Um, so this is obviously a big week uh, for them to to go back to the drawing board, come together, and get some work done. Uh, we will have assembly call radio on Thursday. You know, we'll obviously talk more kind of macro, big picture stuff um, on Thursday, and then Monday night for the Ohio State show, Mark Titus will be with us. So at least if it's another <laughs> devastating loss, we'll have Titus there to provide some comic relief. Um, Indiana won the race to 69 tonight and then just stopped scoring. Titus and Tate lied to us. We're supposed to win the game if that happens. I blame them. We'll bring it up on Monday. on Monday. Yeah, we'll bring it up on Monday. Uh, you're listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. Remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code HOME at checkout to get 15% off your first order. All right, guys, time for last call. Let's go in order of time zone. Uh, Andy, you go first. Um, I mean, I don't what what else is there really to say? I think Jen put a, a quote in the uh in the chat. Johnny Davis on Trace Jackson Davis. He's a great player. He's tough to stop down there with the ball in the low post, but you know, he doesn't really have too much help around him. Truth. Yikes. Yeah. Well, I mean hard to argue in some regard after tonight, but oh boy. Um yeah, this was this was a huge missed opportunity for IU for for as you know we talked about the stretches where they had chances to extend the lead. They also played poorly in some stretches, and they'd still gotten themselves in a home game up four down the stretch, and just couldn't couldn't close things out. And that's a all too familiar refrain at this point for this program and and for this team and. It's what gives you pause when you start to think about what remains on the schedule and and if this team and this group of players and this coaching staff is going to be able to right the ship. And while uh, I think we'd all love to be proven wrong, there's very little evidence that that's going to happen. And so we'll be here and we'll talk about it and we'll root for it and all those things. But uh, this just feels like they, they tried to get up off the mat for this one and i just don't know if they can get up again uh based on based on recent history so hopefully that proves to not be the case but this was uh this game was right there for the taking and the late game execution and decision making uh from both the players and the coaches really really took that chance away in in, in some regard in, in terms of being able to get this win and i think We'll never know what the season would end up being like had they been able to find a way to win this game, even if it was in wildly unimpressive fashion, um, just to be able to get this win and what that might have done heading into some of these stretch games. And now, you know, we worry about the opposite in, in terms of, of how they react to another uh, another tough loss. But um, it, it just definitely feels when you when you put this in the context of recent seasons, Boy, it's tough to feel. Uh, it's tough to feel optimistic, despite your attempts to convince me that IU could be the next VCU or or UCLA a few minutes ago. I was just stating a fact. I wasn't saying that that would be IU. Uh, Not the just, time, Jared. Not the saying, time. Just saying. Um, I mean, let's just make it there. You know, let's just let's just get there somehow, some way. Coach, last call. Yeah, I, I think it's been said uh, that we have a bunch of one dimensional basketball players 
And you can win with one-dimensional basketball players, but then you have to have the scheme that matches and puts the one-dimensional players in position to succeed. And I think we have a scheme that needs talented, very talented people. Uh, and so recruiting is going to be very important going forward to match Coach Woodson's philosophy of offense. Uh, obviously, the guys we have have bought in defensively. And it's just been a pleasure to watch uh, the defensive effort. The defensive effort all year has been there except for the Michigan game, I think, and maybe spots here or there to win games. That's the frustrating part is the defense has improved back to where Indiana needs to play defense and is really keeping in Indiana in games. And the offense has just gone off the rails with a coaching staff that could recruit with the transfer portal guys that they wanted to have in here. Um, that's the frustrating part is when you see offensive efficiency in the 115 and, and, and the offensive efficiency last year was 72 and, and we're 40 spots worse offensively, that's the disappointing part. And when people say, oh, players need to make shots and, and that, yes, the talent is somewhat the issue. The roster is somewhat the issue, but we also have to say that, there, there's some schematic issues uh, with, with this team right now and maybe some other internal issues to not maximize these one-dimensional players who are giving a lot to Indiana University. And to me, that's disappointing more so than the loss is how we're losing, not the fact that we're losing to good programs. Well said, Brian. Last call. Yeah, I just, I'm tired of watching the same movie over and over again. Um, I feel like when IU loses, it loses late. And these guys are not mentally and physically tough enough to finish games. Um, that's not just on the talent. That's on the way they're prepared. It's on what the coaches are sending in. If you know your team is struggling at, at those things, you know, maybe do something different at the end of games. Maybe switch it up. Maybe run a set. Have sets in your back pocket that you know can get you an easy bucket off a cut or off a screen. Or, you know, normally when you're down screening, switch it to an up screen. So, you get a backdoor cut, something. I mean, you've got to have something in your back pocket that when this team struggles late, you know you can get a bucket. You can rely on this. You can pull it out. Sort of like how teams run their best short yardage play when they need a two-point conversion. That kind of thing you've got to have in your back pocket if you're Mike Woodson. And Mike Woodson, you know, we were sold on his ability to break things down and, you know, call great plays and all this stuff. And he's really smart offensively and all this. We were told all of this stuff about his – because his resume in the NBA – you know, numbers wise, he he had some good years, but it wasn't like he was this phenomenal coach who had this long stretch of success in the NBA. But we were told, no, he's actually a really smart offensive guy. He get he's he puts guys in really good positions defensively. He's actually going to be really good. We were sold on that, and we have not seen it. Uh, defensively, the team is much better. There's no argument there. The team is much better. The team plays with more effort than it did under Archie Miller. It it you know there are improvements. No question, but it ain't enough. There is no reason that this roster with these players, with veterans, with talented players, with guys who are quite frankly talented but haven't been deployed properly most of the season, there is no reason that this roster should not solidly be in the NCAA tournament. And right now, as the bracketologists have just told you, it doesn't look good. And they got to win some games they are not expected to win just to make it in the NCAA tournament. As we have discussed all year, Indiana not making the NCAA tournament this year is a disaster for the program. Can it bounce back? Absolutely. But Mike Woodson needed to come in in year one and make a statement 
that he's better than what has been here before, that he is the guy to correct this. And the way you do that is be better than the guys before you. Take the players that Archie Miller had, some of them, add a little bit and make the NCAA tournament like he never did. Play better than Tom Crean's last teams did. Play smarter, have more passion, have more intensity, have more focus. This team hasn't done that. And that is a how do you sell recruits on six straight years without an NCAA tournament berth? If you come in with all this fanfare about being the IU guy who's going to get it back where it needs to be, and you step on campus in your first year, you have an All-American candidate, and you have talent around him, and you can't make the NCAA tournament. That is a scary thought, and it needs to it, it needs to wake this team up. It needs to wake Mike Woodson up. Change what you're doing because this is this is a five alarm fire now. You cannot miss the tournament this year. The consequences of that would be disastrous. So this team needs to go on a run, and it needs to do it now. Yeah. Yeah, I think we all knew when Mike Woodson got hired, because we talked about it, that there was going to be a transition. This is an NBA coach coming to college. There were going to be things he needed to learn. You know, Thad Mata was brought in to hopefully help that, you know, an experienced college staff to help that. And as this season is playing out, a lot of those things that we thought could happen are, you know, are happening, are are showing themselves. Um, And so, you know, we're going to see if he's able to make those adjustments in season uh, or if this is... You know, something that's going to be a narrative all throughout the offseason. You know, we're kind of hoping to see, okay, with some of his own, you know, uh, another year to help build his roster and a year to adjust if he's able to adjust more to the college game. But those are all discussions for another day. You know, right now, this Indiana team, they've still got their goals there that they can make the NCAA tournament. The degree of difficulty just went up a lot. Um, you know, and I think on, on a night like tonight, I'm just I'm disappointed for the guys, honestly. Um, I thought they played really hard tonight. I thought they came out with winning effort and winning energy, um, winning focus. And I just didn't think they were put in positions to succeed. Um, and that's hard to to watch, you know, because I think, you know, obviously there's been some adversity, you know, guys getting suspended and, you know, bad losses to Illinois and Michigan State where you're just not even there down the stretch. Um, you know, and then and, and led by, you know, Trace Jackson Davis. But I thought they laid it out there tonight. Um and they just weren't able to do it, and that's disappointing. And so I, I hope in this off week that they're able to figure out some answers uh, and play better against Ohio State and, and have a chance in that game down the stretch, and we'll see what happens. And by the way, Johnny Davis, with that comment, that is slander against Race Thompson. So I kind of hope that we get to play these guys again because I'm guessing Race Thompson will make note of that comment and have a little something for Johnny Davis the next time uh, the next time we play them. I mean, hopefully Indiana would have something for him because they had nothing for him tonight. Um, but we can't let slander against Race Thompson stand, not on this show. <sighs> well, all right, guys, it is time to wrap up. We'll have plenty more to discuss on Assembly Call Radio. But that is it for tonight. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assembly call. And don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson for the music that you hear on the show. And special thanks to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our logo. Thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you on Thursday night for Assembly Call Radio. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers.
the guys played hard. Will get out of here with this stuff. They, they didn't lose tonight because of lack of effort. They, they lost, lost because, because of execution of, and a lack when, of direction. This is this is the thing against Wisconsin. It's not usually a battle of wills against Wisconsin. It's a battle of execution, and they out execute most teams. You know, sometimes you can out talent them, but you know, you just you got to execute. We didn't execute defensively or offensively. Well, our friend Eric popped into the chat and said that Thad Mata has about as much impact on the team as I do. I take offense to that. I think I have a much bigger impact on the team than Thad Mata. If if you have any idea what's going on behind the scenes. Um, Because there might be a player who listens to the show, whereas nobody's listening to Thad Mata. And why would you? I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Why would you use that guy as a resource? I don't know. I mean, what's he ever done? What a what well. A, I mean, look, what a, what you know, waste that is. Well, I mean, part of there, you know, we talked a lot about Woodson when he was hired, and I think part of what made it palatable for folks and had people excited about it was this pairing with Mata and how that would work. And that that would help smooth over some of the potential transition issues. And it doesn't, it doesn't sound like that's happened. And we're seeing a lot of the issues that we kind of feared we would see. So it's not like it's not like some of the issues we're seeing weren't predictable or even predicted. I just think it's hard to see them in the moment. And it starts to make you really worry about how long they'll persist. I don't know. Concerning, though. Yeah, the longer no, it goes I mean, on. I know it's, no, it's year one. You don't want to overreact and jump ship, and no one's saying any of those things. But these are concerning things that you know as they continue to happen. Like at some point, you kind of want to see it. And it, there were some changes tonight. It's not like it's all um, the same stuff. But boy, down the stretch, it sure feels like it is. Yeah, same. I mean, same same story we've seen in the last five years. I mean, it's, it really is just wilting late. And you could say, you know, these are players who are not used to winning and things like that. That's that's fair, but players only start winning when somebody shows them how to win you know i mean there's there's a symbiotic relationship there it, and it's you know but that's it, the thing woody doesn't know how to win college basketball exactly games right no you're and you're right but you know i like i remember the day he got hired i came on here and and people were excited because everybody likes mike woodson like he's a likable guy he's a good dude we all like him and i was kind of and the template for scott that scott dolson painted makes some sense yes you know? it does but I also, you know, I pumped the brakes and everybody got really, not you guys, not the people on the air, but the fans got really mad because everybody wants to be super excited about a new hire. No matter who gets hired, it's funny. Teams, fans, 95% of the time, it could be the worst hire in the world. They'll convince themselves, this is the one that brings us back. And I, I said, you know, there's some things. And, and I mentioned the, the, the NBA to college, he'd never coached in college at any level. If he'd been an assistant for a long time and then gone to the NBA and done that, you could say like, well, he's had, got some experience. He knows the difference between the two and things like that. And But he had no experience. And that's that was a huge red flag to me. You know, and, 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 and then again, you're right. They bring in Thad Mata and you think, okay, if these guys are sitting – working together and Thad Mata is basically putting him on a treadmill and training him for the college game. Okay. I get it. I, I get where this can go. Still cautious, still cautious because that's hard to learn. As it, it, I mean, I think even the most pro Mike Woodson people were cautious. Like that's, yeah. you know, there was, 
But people were doing that. People were pulling the emotional thing. And this was what was going to happen whenever Indiana finally bring back, brought back an IU guy. People were pulling that he gets Indiana. He gets what it takes to win at Indiana. By the way, that doesn't effing matter. What, what, what worked at Indiana under Bob Knight does not work now. It, it's a different world. It's a different game. Did Bob Knight have NIL? You know, I mean, it's, it's completely different what it takes to win in basketball then versus now. Now it's all about the three-point shot. Back then it was all about running through the paint with guards and, and your big men. I mean, but I don't, think, offense. But I don't no, even think that no. was the point. I don't think people no. were saying he knows how to win schematically at Indiana. No, it no, was that no. he was going to help rebuild the culture and bring right, the family my point, back together. My, my point was the game's different, both on the court and totally. off the court. And, totally. and so when people said, like, he knows Indiana, it's like, so what? Like, he knows what Indiana was. I mean, maybe he's still around and sees it, but, like, what Indiana is has changed, and it will change. And, and like that doesn't mean that you don't discipline players. That doesn't mean that you don't graduate players and things like that. But this whole thing about like he knows what it takes to win at Indiana, it's like that's. I just not, don't think that means what you're suggesting well, it means. It means it, okay, but my point is that like he may know what it takes to win at Indiana back then, but like again the culture and all of that stuff has changed. The world has changed. So what, what you know from years ago doesn't apply anymore. It just doesn't. And maybe, maybe trying to recapture that past glory is part of the problem at Indiana. I mean, the world's changed, man. I, I don't, I don't know. It just feels like, I don't, I don't know. I, I just feel like, like that, that, cause for years I heard about this the whole time I was in college because I was at college during the Mike Davis era. And all people said during the Mike Davis era, got to have an IU guy, got to have an IU guy. We got to get rid of Davis, have an IU guy. And I just was like, okay, convince me why. And nobody could ever come up with a great explanation. Ever. He knows what it, what it takes to win it. Steve Alford knows what it takes to win at Indiana. It's like, how? He's never been the head coach at Indiana. You know, he, he's never, he's never run a program at Indiana. He played here. Like he had somebody else telling him what it takes to win at Indiana. Like, I, I don't know. I've just never gotten that vibe. And I feel like, and you know, you know where else I've gotten that? I've heard that is USC. Everybody's like, we need to get a USC guy. USC is unique. First of all, everybody thinks their program is unique. Every major program thinks their Michigan thinks their program is unique in, in football. Alabama, of course, unique. It's different. You only, it takes a certain kind of guy to win here. It, they're all think they're different. And so this idea that only somebody with that tradition really could unlock it is crazy. No, the, the point that that was the only way to unlock it has always been it's silly. Stupid. I mean, to me, there were reasons beyond just Mike Woodson's connection to Indiana to think this is an interesting experiment, given what you had seen Juwan Howard, you know, kind of do at Michigan, which was, you know, more kind of carrying on what John Beeline had built. But still, anyway, we're relitigating old things. I mean, all that matters right now is... Mike Woodson's going to have to adjust in ways that we thought he was going to have to adjust. It's just really hard to experience it in the moment with a team capable of making the NCAA tournament. Yeah. So anyway, fun stuff. I've got, I've got people on my mentions on Twitter saying that Alfred's the only guy who could take us to the final four, by the way. Well, that's true. Oh. That is true. Yeah, definitely. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Well, gentlemen, that coach might have fallen asleep in the in the recliner down there. I don't know what no. to say. <laughs> I'm speechless. Can you imagine that? Indiana basketball has made Coach Tonsoni speechless. 
I mean, it, it gets harder. This is the fifth straight February that the rug has kind of been pulled out from us. Different reasons each time, but I get, man, I, you know, it was really hard for me when we first started doing the show, even the first few struggles that Kareen had, you know, I didn't get, you know, why people would get so upset. And to a certain extent, I think they were wrong. Now, man, it's harder and harder to like credibly tell people that they should, you know, have hope and, you know, all this stuff. Cause it's like, you know, you keep getting smacked in the face at some point, you know, thanks PB bulldog. Thanks. But no, thanks. <laughs> you don't want me coaching the Hoosiers. <laughs> That'd be entertaining. <laughs> We'd we get would, good inside information. We would move on offense though. <laughs> Damn well. Guarantee it. <sighs> I'd share the, the 17 sets that I know. Are we all just hanging out here because we're afraid to go to bed and close our eyes and see visions of those last few possessions? I've still, got like, I've still got to be up for another two hours, guys. I, I you know, I don't want to face the world at this point. Uh, I'm just waiting to see right. if Steve Alford can close out this game against San Jose State to move to five and eight in the Mountain West. So that's that's all uh, I'm here for. Is all well, of our games for bracketology done tonight, Andy? Yeah, that's the only one that's still going. All the important ones. Yeah, that's that's literally the only one that's still going. Should we just do a marathon show until no. Indiana what, wins no. a basketball game? Should we stay on air until Indiana I didn't, wins again? I, no, I didn't need to hear. I like didn't need filibuster. to hear the end of what you're yeah. saying. No. Like <laughs> the old filibuster, you got to stay on air until we will, the win. Titus we will we will broadcast. Just we're going to keep a broadcast going until Indiana wins. Titus logs in on Thursday, and we're just all <laughs> like laying. <laughs> yeah, no one shaved. Looks like a crime scene. I'll read from uh, my blue ribbon yearbook. Wives have filed divorce papers. The conference not USA married. Report. Well, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, you can anchor things. Yeah, <laughs> been kicked out of the shack I'm living in, my friend's backyard. Oh, Michael says it might be till next November. See, and this is the thing. Like, I want to argue with Michael and say you're ridiculous, and yet. We have last year where we completely collapsed and didn't win another game. We have a couple years ago where we lost 12 out of 13. Michael's statement is somewhat rational, given the recent experience of IU basketball fans. That is you sad. know we're not going to win one in the Big Ten tournament, so that's out. <laughs> that's Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to make this a positive, and I'm going to go go to sleep. Don't like, we're going to lose four games, right? And we're going to be out. Everyone's going to be bummed. No, we're going to do a show in front of like 11 people uh, the last game of, of the season. And then we're going to go on and on a run and win the Big Ten tournament and get to no, all we're not. And be no, seated we're not. 13th. No, we're not. It's I'm not trying happening. to be positive. <laughs> well, you're you're also being ridiculous. It's Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Unfortunately, those two things are very synonymous in this age of Indiana that basketball. That being fair, positive yeah. does being, put you out on a limb of being ridiculous, unfortunately. Hey, at least the U.S. curling team can play tomorrow night and get a spot in the finals, in the final four. Hey, Lisa's going to hang out with us. We got people ready to go here for the marathon <laughs> broadcast. Why did you have to offer that, Jared? <laughs> <laughs> Jared, I made this solo riff. Leave it on. <laughs> Guys. Uh, everybody mute your machines. We're going to talk to Jared real quick. <laughs> Listen, you son of a... <laughs> uh, hey, good news. Right. We got our leading scorer back from a, a 
high ankle sprain. He only hey, missed a couple of hey, games. Okay. So we lost a couple over the weekend. Probably bad coaching, no adjustments, not moving players, turning the ball over. It's all our fault, probably. But um, no, we lost our 20 point score, but he's back. Uh, conference championship game Friday night, weather permitting. We're supposed to get hit with some more snow. Uh, hopefully. Do you guys see, you guys see so, the, the video from Pasadena today? Look, like there was snow on the ground because it hailed so hard and so long that there it was what it looked like it snowed all over Pasadena in Southern California. Ridiculous. I could use some of that hail over here, by the way. John Gassaway just tweeted Indiana the last four seasons, November through January, 52 and 27, February and March, 15 and 25. Ooh, John, right below the belt. Wow. Thanks, John. Is that bad, though? Seems bad. <laughs> it's, it's very bad. Very it's bad. Very bad. Gracious. Uh, well, okay. All right. Well, oh, great maybe we can on. round up on Thursday to, to talk IU basketball. Oh, yeah. Can't, can't wait. Well, <laughs> I, I will not be there. I got. We have a game rescheduled yeah, game Thursday here. night. I'm actually actively working to get a game rescheduled for that right now. You're on the phone yeah. right now. Yeah. I have I games. Even, I don't even Thursday, care who it next is. Monday. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. There's been a whole so new thing in the Big Ten tournament where I'm coaching. I'm done. Who's, uh, I'm out. Who's on Monday? Thursday. Who's on Thursday? Well, you and Andy were supposed to be on Thursday. Right, I'm not no, gonna I'm, be here no I know show. I'm on, but I, I wasn't sure if it was three of us. Maybe it'll just be a Ryan solo show. Just let me just do a Ryan AMA. You you did fine without music. It's you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. We didn't deserve it. No, with your music, man. It was an I don't know what happened. Like you're you're afterwards. perfect. When when have you ever made a mistake? Seriously, I, I, I mean, well, uh, coach. I, don't, I guess let's, let's, it must. Let's take, a, let's take a pause there, coach. When has he ever made a mistake? Well, I don't know because I did some software updates earlier today, so I think I made the mistake of not rebooting my computer. I'm guessing that's the problem. But because this, I don't know, it's the same setup and it just didn't work. So I got to figure out what the deal is. Yeah, I, I could host it solo and then just you could add the music later just over when I'm talking. It's I say something you don't like, just kick in a Bob Thompson. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> okay, let's right. go. Let's, let's end this. Bye, everybody. Mercifully. Thanks for being here, everybody. Ooh, Pete yeah. Bulldog, should we just change this to a Gonzaga podcast? <laughs> Too, too many late games. I don't know if I could do that. Coach Sonsoni is always right about basketball. Okay. Well, that's fair. Okay. It's done. I just wanted to, to make sure I got that in before everyone signed off. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. All right. We'll see you guys later. <sighs> no one wants to leave. Who's the first to go? It, it's it's a good ah, Ryan. 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 <laughs> I really thought I was going to beat him to it, but no. All right. All right. See you guys. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.